yeah you're right now i started thinking about it there's a there are a lot of book adaptations that he's done yeah <laughs> um and you know more even this year like dune part two there's wonka which i found out from your video actually that like uh hugh grant was gonna be an oompa loompa <laughs> an oompa loompa that, that came up on twitter last night and i was laughing for like an hour because that's just ridiculous hugh grant is one of those people where i'm like i don't know if i would get along with you but you're hilarious right. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome back to the Try Reading Podcast. I'm your host, the book-obsessed Gabriel, but you already know that. You're all just really excited to find out who this week's guest is, and I would be too. Join me in welcoming Bridget Ramundo, otherwise known as Bridge Likes Books on Book Talk. How are you, Bridget? I'm doing really good, Gabriel. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast, and um, it's just a really big honor. Oh, thanks so much. It's an honor for me to be asked, to be honest. Of course. It's always so surreal for me to talk with content creators because like I see their videos and then to see them talking to me is always so fun and really just exciting. But um, for the listeners who don't know who Bridget is, you must not follow her on BookTok or Bookstagram, but I highly recommend it. Bridget is a book content creator who makes the most fun and typically very hilarious BookTok videos. And I can't even begin to tell you how many book recommendations I've gotten from her. Whether it's a video about Timothy Chalamet or which book she'd save in a fire or just a really amazing book recommendation, Bridget is yet another amazing person in the book world. Not to mention, she was a part of the crew on Canada Reads 2023, which is so freaking cool. So I'm just, like I said, so honored to have you on the podcast and just so excited to have such a really inspirational and really cool person within the book world on the podcast. Thanks so much. I love that Timothy is like the top identifier for me. I can't escape that. <laughs> no, I, your videos are so funny and especially the ones about Timothy Chalamet or even, um, <laughs> or just, oh my gosh, I was so shocked when I found out like you got to meet him years ago and the photos you have on Twitter and yeah. Yeah. It, but uh, what I've is, embraced it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not a bad thing to embrace. <laughs> um what is your current read oh my goodness my current read is so many things I'm I'm a constant mood reader um I think the main thing that I'm reading is um A History of Burning by Janika Oza it's a um it's a historical fiction um that's about to come out so I'm reading an arc of it right now um that kind of spans like this uh generations of families in um, South Asia from the 1800s to I think the 50s um, and it's it's a, a debut author I believe um, a Canadian author as well um, so I'm reading that that's the one at the forefront but then I'm always reading a bunch of other things simultaneously yeah no uh, oh to be a mood reader and to have yeah. so many different things but that sounds really intriguing and mm -hmm. um yeah, I recently, well, within the past year, started reading more and more historical fiction. And when it's a really good story that grips you, it's it's really enjoyable to read. So, Yeah, I think that's what I've been looking for is just stories that grip you. And historical fiction is definitely one of those genres that is very easy to do. Yeah, I started out the year, not to go off on a tangent, but I know yeah. um, I've seen on photos of your bookshelf and just uh, your 
copies, arcs and physical final copies of Melinda Lowe's uh, A Scatter of Light and Last Night at the Telegraph Club. And I read yes. Last Night at the Telegraph Club, 1 a.m. New Year's Day this year, and I was bawling oh, my eyes out. Oh, no. <laughs> but <laughs> of course it, you would be. <laughs> but when it's done well like that, it's so just enjoyable. But um, anyways, uh, my current read is 1500 Miles from the Sun by Johnny Gardasavia. And um, I'm reading it. We're recording this episode a few days before Y'all West. And so I'm reading it in hopes to finish it before Y'all West. So then I can talk to them. And I met them a year ago, but this is uh, the first book I'm reading of theirs. And I'm I'm really enjoying it as someone who's part of the queer and Latino community. I uh, just there's a lot of great representation and it's just um there's a lot of relatability um with the characters and the culture and um so yeah they're a really cool author and it's a really wonderful book um but I know the feeling of being a mood reader because I was like reading other things and then I was like oh wait I need to read these books before y'all rest so <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous you're going to y'all <laughs> I it's my first time so I'm very excited oh, and that's gonna be fun. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'm very excited. And I have um, a few little or like two honorable mentions, which are just like shout outs from past guests or authors or content creators on the podcast. Um, one, well, sort of three, one isn't from a guest uh, on the podcast, but Wednesday Books uh, really kindly sent me an arc of Ruby Ramos's Recipe for Success by Jessica Prada. And um, it's a contemporary coming of age novel and just about like being unapologetically you and um, following your heart. And so and there's like a side plot of romance and there's a lot of baking and um, Latin culture and just uh, just it sounds really exciting and just so much fun. So I'm planning to read that next. But um, yeah, I just have to give a shout out to say thank you to Wednesday Books Um but as for podcast guests, um, Riley Weaver Needs a Date to the Gabutant Ball by Jason June is releasing on May 23rd. And I'm very excited. This is another contemporary story with a lot of like coming of age, unapologetically you themes. Um, and it has a really wonderful cast of queer characters. And um, I am so excited. And so, yeah, that releases on May 23rd. And last but not least, Case and Calendar. Um, it was just announced that they their YA debut fantasy is going to be releasing winter of 2024, and it's called Infinity Alchemist. And yeah, I was very excited. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, so you know, Kaysen isn't on like social media in general, so I found out yeah. it's going to be published through Tor Teen, and so they posted oh, about cool. it. And it's all that's said right now is it's just very much a uh, just huge queer fantasy. Um, and so knowing their amazing writing, it's going to be probably very good. That's so exciting. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, but my first question for you, and it's kind of just the first question I ask everyone, but uh, what got you into books and reading? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've always been kind of a voracious reader. Um, I, I, I grew up kind of like the first book I ever read and loved was The Tale of Despero by Kate DiCamillo, which, which for anyone who doesn't know, is like this really charming, lovely story about a mouse who lives in a castle 
and this maid who's also in the castle and he likes and the mouse not the maid the mouse likes to read the books instead of eating the books which gets him into a lot of trouble um and yeah from there kind of just being always the kid who's last to leave the library um and yeah that's where it started like with good teachers who just encouraged a love of reading um and then later on it became a quite obsessive love of reading and then uh booktube as well i would i would uh attribute to a lot of the of the bookish culture that like i've been immersed in for a while i really was like oh there's a community of other people who like to talk about books <laughs> yeah well that's a the tale of despero i that's a very beloved book and yeah, yeah. And, um also finding a main character who loves to read and so you know mm -hmm. that's um really exciting and yeah there's um it's crazy to see you know how booktube has just grown in general and just for sure um but that sort of you know bridges into my next question um which is was there someone who kept that love for reading going I know you mentioned teachers a bit um mm -hmm. but maybe it was like a friend or a parent or an author or... yeah I mean I think for me, I, again, it was mainly teachers. I had some really great um, English teachers in high school. Uh, shout out Miss Molino, <laughs> who really just uh, encouraged that and also uh, like just encouraged me to read and write more. Um, my mom is a, a reader sometimes. She reads a lot faster than I do. Um, and she she also encouraged me by just saying, you know, you can read whatever you want to really um I got in trouble a lot when I was younger <laughs> because I'd show up to school with books that were perhaps a little bit like older YA and I was 12 <laughs> but my mom was like she's reading so it's okay um so for sure her um but I'm an only child so, so it's it's the the adults in my life who were like here's these books that you should read and I, I was very a, a goody two-shoes so I was like okay I'll read them but then I ended up really liking the experience of reading right and um it's seemed as if it served you well to say the least and for sure <laughs> <laughs> it's done me all right right <laughs> just okay um <laughs> well you know book talk is your main content creation platform and book talk really boomed and formed in the midst of quarantining and the COVID-19 pandemic and just sort of yeah. um, people being stuck at home and some people had, who had always loved to read and some who were finding their love for reading and it just sort of blended and became this uh, what is now this whole new world inside of TikTok but mm -hmm. um, when did you first find BookTok? Yeah I, I feel like I was really lucky and when I entered Book Talk, because I entered it right as that qu qu first quarantine was happening. Um, and I feel like that was the time to, to really jump on it and find communities because it wasn't that many people then. Um, I remember what I think the first person I saw was Kate's books. Um, and who kind of she started in 2019. So I think she's like the first. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, seeing that and just being like, oh, I have all this time to read. I was in school then and I had a bit of time off as we all did. Um, and I was like, okay, I want to read things that interest me. I didn't even know that young adult had changed into this 
this whole different thing because I'd, I'd been in studying English so I'd been reading a lot of like literary things and had been kind of removed from the YA space for a while um so I saw that and it was like a kid in a candy store um and just kind of found it that way um and kind of jumped on right when things were starting to pick up um and then yeah was not expecting the amount of traction it got was not expecting the community that came out of it uh that's just been kind of a wild surreal thing to to witness having been there since almost the start I guess right and just to see it grow and I guess did you have any first impressions of book talk even before you created an account but like when you first found it did you have any first impressions oh I mean okay <laughs> when everyone joins book talk I think the first thing the first impression you're inevitably going to get is Akatar content <laughs> because you, your algorithm doesn't know what you like yet but it just knows that you like books so it's going to start showing you that um, so that was an interesting first impression that I had of the space. Um, obviously, like, not, I wasn't as aware of, of her and the problems of her right. um, um, at first. So it kind of, that was the first impression, I guess, if I'm being totally honest, and then kind of directing the algorithm to what I like to read or, um, uh, you know, I had just... I came out in November of 2019. So, and then joined TikTok in probably February of 2020. So then I think also my my mind was on the search for queer books. Um, and then once that, yeah, I was so excited to find that niche happening. Um, yeah, so pros and cons to my first impression of BookTok. Right. And I I get that aspect totally of, you know, uh, being part of the LGBTQ plus community and wanting to find, you know, stories that you can be represented in. And because, um, mm-hmm. you know, Akatar doesn't really give anyone that. No. <laughs> but um, it, you know, over time, it's been nice to see how I think, yeah, when I first not that I'm a content creator, but when I first started seeing videos, it was a lot of just mm-hmm. like, here's We Were Liars, here's Red, White, and Royal Blue, here's Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, and here's, you know, Akatar, and that's yeah. about it. Um, but then once you really find the content creators you want to follow or the, you know, type of books you want recommended to you, uh, you can sort of tailor, uh, you know, what you want to read and what you want to be looking for. But um, sure. so you had said, you know, you sort of sort of found it in February of 2020. Um, and was how long after would you say you started an account or, you know, a page for book talk? Yeah. I mean, for those who have been there since day one, and we mentioned this earlier, I started posting about meeting Timothy Shallow. <laughs> those of videos have all been archived since then. Um, but so I guess I started posting immediately because that was my my reasoning for joining. I was like, I just want to talk about this. Um, and I guess I started posting book content in March. I think my first video was very typically like uh, to that um, easy cat audio of like, here's a book. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um yeah, so I started I started posting pretty early on. 
And it's, I mean, from what I can tell, I mean, and I can only imagine for you, it's sort of taken off in this way. I, I mean, I can't imagine you would have expected it to just sort of continue and continue. And um, yeah, but, you know, posting about Timothy Chalamet is not a bad start to entering <laughs> the book world. Um, but if I know this is a more broad question, but if you could pinpoint one or a few aspects, what have been or what has been the best part of being a book content creator on Book Talk? Yeah, um, I think it's, I, I always boil it down to the access I've been given and the community I've been given. So like access first and foremost is, uh, you know, I was finishing up my English degree. I was supposed to be finishing up my English degree in 2020 that got derailed so um and kind of but I was at that time was like I don't know what I want to do next um I don't know what options are available to me and then I kind of I joined book talk and kind of by happenstance learned more about publishing um because there were people talking about their experiences in publishing or uh you know I got requests from publishers and I could see I was like oh I would just email them back and be like hey also could you tell me about your job <laughs> um so the access that it's given me um has definitely been like not to be dramatic life-changing um it's like changed every career aspect and and given me so many opportunities in that um I was able to do the NYU summer publishing program uh in 2021 on a scholarship because I said, hey, here's all the cool things I've been able to do with Book Talk. Um, and they were like, that's amazing. Here's a scholarship to NYU. Um, so that was crazy. And then again, community. Like, I, it's hard to make friends when you're an adult and, and you're leaving university. And that's, uh, it's kind of been a blessing in disguise that I've been able to um, make friendships with people all over um, other Book Talk creators of course but also just like book lovers um and just have that connection all the time yeah I mean well first of all I didn't know that about the NYU scholarship and that's amazing and um that's incredible and also yes I can I mean that's a big aspect that I've heard just from so many people of just connection and the connectiveness. And like you said, not just from other content creators, but other book lovers and readers. And um, yeah, and it's, it's, I don't think many people would have expected how many uh, friendships and connections would have formed from this, um, especially from like a social media thing. Um, yeah. And, but you know, when you're talking about something that everybody loves and that's so such a typically such a positive thing, you know, books in the book world. Um, it's so exciting to be able to find like-minded people. And yeah, well, obviously because it's social media, there's ups and downs. Um, so uh, has there been any negative parts to it or has there been one that sort of stands out or? Yeah, I mean, I would say recently the struggle has just been the app in general, <laughs> um, trying to contend with like, is TikTok going to be banned? Is it not going to be banned? Um, 
and and just like fighting the algorithm takes a lot of effort out of you because sometimes the content I mean I mean I would say all the time the content that you want to do well hardly ever does <laughs> right um the the videos that you spend like hours making and scripting do poorly and then the ones that you filmed in five seconds to a, a viral clip of you doing something ridiculous are the ones that do well um so that's frustrating I would say but I've 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 come to make my peace with that that it's not about the numbers it's just about how you feel about the content that you're putting out and if you like it then that's that's the only thing that matters um obviously like being a marginalized creator on book talk comes with its difficulties and it's feedback to put it <laughs> politely <laughs> the feedback that you get sometimes um yeah that can be difficult I'm a very anxious person so I'm always very like receptive and to what people are saying um and how people are perceiving you so that's been like an adjustment for me too. the 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 more um engagement I started to get uh just having to like reassess and remind myself of why I'm putting out that content has been a struggle at times for sure but I think that's a I feel unified in that because I feel like I've talked to a lot of content creators recently who, who are like, yeah, that's the biggest stress in our lives too. Yeah. And I can only imagine it's just like, it's, you know, you're putting out these positive aspects from your content and you're like, that's not the response I sort of wanted. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah. And it, you know, of course it sort of sucks that it's like, here's this really cool aspect of building a community of book lovers and book people, but then you have to have it on social media, which has many ups yeah. and downs. So it sort of, uh, you know, it comes with a catch, but, um, mm -hmm. like you had said too, just, you know, putting out the, the content that you feel good about and not just because, oh, well, this is going to get, X amount of views. So I'm going to do that yeah. because that's, what's doing well and like doing what you would like to do. And yeah. Also learning to take breaks from it as well has been really important to me. When I started, I was posting because we were in quarantine, I was posting like three TikToks a day for like months. <laughs> and, and that's not sustainable for <laughs> right. me anymore. And I have to remind myself of that, that I don't need to be churning out video after video after video it just has to be things that like I like posting right is there one specific like message or theme you hope to send out from your book talk page yeah um I mean I'm glad that you find the videos funny I think humor has been the biggest thing that I've wanted to push on my page um that's where it started from of just wanting to give everyone a laugh of these like very inside bookish jokes that we all have um yeah so that's that's where I lead with I I try to keep it as positive as possible uh, but yeah I think the 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 messaging that I like to come across is to read for fun read diversely read intentionally um and also just have fun with it because it's this hobby that we're supposed to love and enjoy um, and it's not a competition. I don't think I'm, uh, I'm definitely, no, I'm definitely not the fastest reader on BookTok. <laughs> and I think that pressure can be, can feel like a lot sometimes for people that are watching. Um, so I really like to show just like the, the normal 
pace of reading uh, is any pace that you want um, and anything that feels comfortable for you. And if you're in a reading slump, that's okay. If you don't want to read that day, that's okay. Um, you should only be reading because you want to read. I think it's the biggest takeaway that hopefully I'm sharing on my page. Yeah, well, mic drop. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> absolutely, those are all wonderful aspects and I can definitely see all of those as you point them out and see them on your page and um it's yeah you've built such a wonderful space and such um a positive energy so um of course whether it's for like diversifying books or book recommendations or promoting like indie authors or you know just in that realm in general um what roles do you feel book talk plays in helping improve the book community? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's kind of a catch. It's a difficult question because I think reviewers and publishers and authors all go onto social media with the best of intentions. Um, and Sometimes it's difficult because you want to share representation and good representation, but without tokenizing authors and stories. And I feel like like the book talk tables I've seen recently haven't been the greatest, <laughs> if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I think I think it has the potential to to be really inspiring and um, really give a platform to a lot of, like you said, indie authors um, and marginalized authors. Um, but I think BookTok, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be quite honest, has a bit more to go in, in terms of being intentional and very more mindful about that. Um, making sure that you're giving authors the space and making sure you're giving reviewers the compensation um, to do things like that. And it's it's changing. Um, but yeah, I think what we see in the mainstream has a lot to be improved there. Yeah, absolutely. And those book talk tables could use a little bit of <laughs> magic on them um, occasionally. There are some, you know, for, you know, if you maybe more so at like indie bookstores that you'll find like yeah, a for sure. book talk table. But um, I've definitely gone into my fair share of Barnes and Noble and been like, that was <laughs> popular for a long time. How about like something yeah, else? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing too about like working, having worked in publishing or studied publishing is that you learn from all of these big chain bookstores that a lot of um, those tables that you see when you first walk in, not even just book talk, but like everywhere in the store are strategically placed and bought spaces sometimes. Um, so it's less like organic sometimes than, than walking into an indie bookstore where it's the booksellers who are choosing what they want to promote and have front facing. Um, so yeah, I think like I've, I've developed a little bit of cynicism just cause I know the processes of some of these things. Um, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'll say on that. <laughs> No, absolutely. And um, yeah, so thank you for sharing um, those aspects. And, um, you know, just a second ago, you know, you had mentioned just about learning about that aspect of tables and book tables um, mm -hmm. in publishing and studying that stuff. And then, you know, earlier 
um, you had talked about, you know, the publishing aspect and NYU and, um, mm-hmm. and I, I hadn't known, you know, you had worked in that world of publishing. I knew you had worked in a bookstore, um, from videos you had posted, but, um, so first of all, like I had said, that's really, really cool. Um, and you know, from what you had said, it seems like the, um, I can imagine there was a lot that was really informational, informational and just like, um, so much to learn about the book world in general and more than meets the eye. Um, so would you say working in a bookstore or in the publishing industry, did that sort of further expand your love for books in any way? Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, I've worked in, I think, I guess every, almost every aspect of the book world now, uh, kind of back to back in the past three years. So it's been like a very fast exposure um, to everything um it's really made me love the craft of of book selling and book making um specifically with publishing is like you get to kind of learn how a book comes to fruition from the manuscript for like even from the early days the editing to marketing and publicity and how it gets to readers um and that's really cool to see because I feel like in that world, you can be really instrumental in in shaping what audiences um, have a book. Um, so I was in like I was a marketing intern for a little bit, and that was fun because I got to curate like the influencer mailing lists and um, be very intentional about that. Like make sure that uh, books that have specific representation are going to reviewers that identify with that representation. Um, so that's deep in my love for sure is just the the craft and the ability to really champion the books that you love and care about um and then book selling is just an amazing world um so yeah so I worked at a indie children's bookstore uh in Toronto and uh that's been here for like 30 years and so the owner is like just this this all-knowing book seller presence she's been she's been on it since I think 19 19- somewhere in 1980s is when the the bookstore opened um and yeah I find with that too is like you're you're really hands-on in developing a love of reading um because you get to put books directly into the hands of readers um and specifically at a children's bookstore like that was some of the greatest days is you know taking a kid who might not know what they want to read yet or might not love reading you know their parent comes in they're like he doesn't want to (laughs) read uh but he likes soccer and I'm like oh great okay let's go upstairs and let's find five books about soccer that he might like right um and then they and then that's always the most rewarding part is they'll come back and be like I love this book and it's just a little kid who you've like shaped their love of reading and that feels really special um so yeah so so many ways that that scene behind the curtain has, has made me love reading even more well, I love that. And um, that is, I have a little sibling. And so I know that's yeah. the best feeling of <laughs> just, uh, you know, seeing them fall in love with, you yeah. know, a genre of book or a type of story and um, if they do love reading. And so those are both really, you know, wonderful aspects of, uh, yeah, the bookstore and publishing and um, yeah. Well, Um, as I had said, you know, when I was introducing you, uh, you were on the crew for Canada Reads 2023. 
And uh, for the listeners who don't know, Canada Reads 2023 just happened uh, from March 27th through March 30th. And it's the great Canadian book debate or like the book hunger games and sort of searching for one book to shift your perspective. And um, in the four days of the show, there were five contestants who each championed a book that they think all of Canada should read. And they would debate and vote until one final book was chosen. And Bridget was a part of the crew. And you can see her um, on those four days collecting the votes and then bringing them back to the host. And um, that was so incredibly cool. And um, yeah, of course. And, you know, uh, I'll say a slight spoiler warning now for anyone who wants to go and see who won Canada Reads. But I'm going to say the spoiler. So skip like five seconds. Um, but since it has been some time um, since that uh, period of time of Canada Reads, I will say uh, Ducks by Kate Beaton, which was championed by Matea Roach, won for 2023. And I, of course, am very eager to learn about what I can about your time on Canada Reads. And I must say, I, had, I hadn't heard of it before you posted about it. But then uh, once I did start learning about it, I can confidently say I will be tuning in every year from now on. Um, <laughs> but from what you can share, what was your time like on Canada Reads? Yeah, I mean, I was sort of familiar with the show, but uh, really got into the show last year um, when I was uh, hearing about hiring possibilities. <laughs> um, and no, it's really fun. I really love that Canada has the show that's all about books and it's so dramatic <laughs> and it's, it's kind of like like you said a hunger games um for books um because there are a lot of great canadian titles that i think people either don't know are canadian or um and or they do know and they just don't have as much attention and i think the really great thing about the show is that a lot of the times you have um books that people may not recognize that all of a sudden get this platform and end up on bestsellers list um which is awesome and it's also I just love that it's like regular people who their day job is not talking about books right it's like actors and activists and athletes and all that stuff um and you could just see that how much fun they have because this is not their their usual thing they're all big readers too but they're like oh there's a space and there's an audience for this. And I get to talk about books for four days straight, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, th the experience of working on that show was surreal. Um, that was a, a career change that I was, I didn't see coming. Um, and yeah, so I worked as a program assistant um, since January of, of this year, kind of, um, I was hired on and then kind of developed um, relationships with all the panelists. Um, and was coordinating how how they got to Toronto for the show um, and yeah and then got to do uh, produce some uh, videos between the authors and panelists where they interviewed them uh, each other before the show um, and then the show happened and I was like a full-on production assistant so I was uh, running around from six in the morning <laughs> every day because it's a live show also which is right. it's very different um basically facilitating facilitating that and um then I was asked to uh organize the votes on the show uh which for those who don't know basically at the end of each episode they they vote out one of the books um and so all the panelists have this very tense period 
or they're they're voting out a book and then someone has to go collect that and then bring that off screen and then in about like 60 seconds max <laughs> um what I had to do was organize the votes figure out who was eliminated and then run back <laughs> on screen so you saw me for like two seconds <laughs> um and uh yeah, that was really, really cool. It was very intense because again, it's live. And so I was like, if I, if I, what if I drop the ballots? That was the biggest thing that I was thinking about. I was like, if I drop the ball ballots, there's no way to edit this. It's just going to be me right. looking like a fool <laughs> on camera in front of the entire country. Um, so that was really, really fun. Um, it was a great um, experience to work on and something that I'd always kind of wanted to do. I always have like, uh, loved the idea of working in film and TV, um, but just didn't see the way for me to pursue that. And then this was like the greatest combination of both of my loves of like books and, and TV and film production. Um, and so, yeah, it was an awesome experience. I'm really excited um, that I get to keep working with CBC Books because they do a bunch of other projects throughout the year. So, um, they also are in charge of like literary prizes and they're always like promoting and championing authors. Um, so that's a really fun thing that I've been able to do this year. And it's a real thing that I don't even know how to talk about yet because it was just crazy. I can only imagine an, um, a point you had brought up in the beginning, which it, I thought of, you know, when I was sort of writing out what I was going to say to talk about Canada Reads and just that like you have these contestants who don't work with books in their daily life like mm -hmm. that's not you know um this year right it was like a Jeopardy champion and then an mm -hmm. actor an actress and um there was you know a book content creator this year um mm -hmm. but still just that like you know they can have this huge love for reading and books and literature um outside of their job and bring it onto this show and um it, it was really cool and yes uh, i know the as a viewer the voting time was very like nail-biting moment because <laughs> you're like oh no who's getting voted off and um you know yeah. are you am i gonna predict who it was and um but yeah it was it was really so much fun to watch and um it's so exciting that you're a part of that and thank you so much for sharing about that yeah the one thing that I wanted to mention is that this year it was the first graphic uh, novel or I guess graphic memoir that had ever won Canada Reads um, and that was awesome to to kind of witness as well uh, Ducks by Kate Beaton it's a great book everyone should go check it out <laughs> um, but yeah like a distinctly Canadian show distinctly Canadian panelists um, there, there's so much I think like Americanized content to be to be quite honest when it comes to books um, and it's great to just have Canadian books um, have a platform like this. Absolutely. Well um, I thought of this question right after I sent you the show notes and I was like you know what it's a very like simplish question to answer so I won't send it it'll be funny but I was like how did I not think of this so I do have to ask uh yeah. do you have a favorite Timothy Chalamet movie oh my goodness <laughs> do I um it that's so tricky I yeah <laughs> I it's tricky because he's done so many different things 
and in, in different genres. He does a lot of book adaptations, though, which yeah. is fun and interesting. Like everyone always says that, who is it? Um, Sam Claflin is like the king of of book to movie adaptations. But Timothy also has a lot of book to movie yeah. adaptations. Um, I got to go Little Women. I <laughs> like anything Greta Gerwig, uh, essentially, but Little Women um specifically his character in that i would say ladybird but i don't like him in ladybird <laughs> right <laughs> his, right his character yeah. I will say, like like that that uh movie was very influential for me in terms of like Sersha's character um but little women i think especially because it, it's it's just a classic book um and i loved the way that it was adapted and i've always seen uh his character of lori as well as uh, Joe as these kind of like androgynous soulmates yeah um, there's a lot of like queer scholarship about little women <laughs> and I I thought the way that they portrayed it um, and him his portrayal in it specifically was like amazing um, cause, and it also seems like the most to what I've witnessed of his life <laughs> he just seems like this very um, open embracing jovial person um, and I love that about the character of Lori. So I, I go Little Women. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Now I started thinking about it. There's a there are a lot of book adaptations that he's done. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know more even this year, like Dune Part Two. There's Wonka, which I found out from your video actually that like uh, Hugh Grant was going to be an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> an Oompa Loompa. That, that came up on Twitter last night, and I was laughing for like an hour because that's just ridiculous. <laughs> Hugh Grant is one of those people where I'm like, I don't know if I would get along with you, but you're hilarious. Right. <laughs> right. And I love watching you do things. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, so it's, that's Little Women though. It's just such a, it's such a feel good movie too. And just mm-hmm. very rewatchable. And um, yeah, he has such a great portrayal of Laurie in that movie. Yeah. What would be your advice for anyone interested in book content creation? Yeah, I would definitely say, especially now, um, I think a lot of people see book talk as this space that's really booming. Um, and they kind of just want to, if they want to do content creation, they kind of just want to jump into that. Um, but I think the energy we need of more is just a love of reading and uh and a want to make, uh, a desire to make content about books um, and engage with the community in really like meaningful ways. Um, so I think my biggest advice would be to like, it's it's very basic, but do it because you genuinely want to do it and genuinely have a lot of like book talk creators or bookish creators in general that you um, love and that you, you engage with. Um, and then also, give yourself the space and time to make the content that you want to make. Again, don't, don't put pressure on yourself to post three times a day. Uh, Don't put pressure on yourself to post the trending books, like post the books that you love to talk about, because um, I I know we joke that it, it uh, is difficult sometimes for people to uh, get any traction with those videos with like smaller books or smaller topics. Um, but I think when people can tell that you genuinely love something, you never know. And it, and it, it usually takes off and then you can have like a really meaningful 
experience with other readers, but also with authors. Um, yeah, so talk about the stuff that you love to talk about and uh, make the videos that you want to watch. I absolutely love that. And thank you for that stellar advice and what a wonderful way to end an episode. But Bridget, thank you so much for joining me. It was like the biggest honor to talk with you today. Likewise, likewise. Uh, well, where can the listeners find you? Yeah, so I'm mainly on Book Talk at Bridge Likes Books. Um, I'm also on Bookstagram at a very different username um, at My Dearest Sue, uh, which is is a kind of an homage to my favorite uh, poet Emily Dickinson. Um, yeah, so that's also where I'm posting things now. So those are the main two. I love it. Well, that will be linked below as always. Do you have any uh, upcoming projects or current projects or anything you want to just shout out? So I'm starting to do more uh, videos that are focused on specific books and really championing them. Um, so look out for that. Um, again, I really want to like curate the bookstagram space and have that be a different type of social media for me, but also still engaging and fun. Um, yeah, I'm just chipping away at life, I guess. It's, it's the other I thing love it. that I'm doing. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone for listening to today's episode and I hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast or rate the podcast or write a review and uh, that way other book lovers and people in the book world can find these amazing stories. You can find Try Reading wherever you get your podcasts and episodes release every other Friday. You can buy books by the Try Reading authors through the Try Reading link tree below. And you can find Try Reading on Instagram at Try Reading Podcast and on Twitter at Try Reading 2022. I cannot wait for more amazing content from you, Bridget. And it was truly the greatest honor to talk with you today. So thank you so, so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Gabriel.